Welcome to the craft life. In every episode, we'll dive deep into the rabbit hole of all things branding and marketing within the craft beer industry. Be prepared to be injected with tips, processes, and ideologies from those in the industry that are executing in a unique and creative fashion. If you're looking for ways to cut through all that noise and find or redefine your craft by creating long-lasting impressions, memorable experiences, all while having consistency in your attitude, belief, and values, then a craft life is a good fit for your life. Let's get crafting. Welcome to The Craft Life, episode two, where we'll be discussing the thought process behind designing the artwork for your products. Yes, we have taken a few weeks off from doing podcasting, um, but now we're back and we're back with a real inspirational brewery. This particular brewery um, basically started off with a group of friends who supported, well, actually 24 friends and their family members who supported three individuals in their idea and their beginnings to start a brewery. And this brewery is named The Beat culture of brewery and uh, they were able to make this into a reality and that's a really deep story and I really love um, hearing people coming together selfishly to support the dream of others is super cool I think we need more of this in the world Um, people supporting each other for sure so if you haven't heard of the beat culture brewery it's one of Miami's latest craft breweries to open The Beat Culture prides itself in highlighting Miami's culture by paying homage to all things that make the Magic City so darn special and unique. And if you haven't been to Miami, uh, definitely check out their their Instagram and their Facebook and everything exudes Miami's culture from their bottling to their actual brewery and everything like that. And um, that's also evident in the beers, the mead, and the extensive food menu uh, uh, that's over at the Beat Culture Brewery. Um, but for one thing that I really like about the Beat Culture Brewery is that they also team up with uh, other craft Miami uh, makers and their ingredients to include honey, chocolate, and coffee. So without further ado, the man of the hour, we have Alan Espino. Did I get it right? (laughs) Yes, yes. And uh, Alan is the co-founder and president of the Beat Culture Brewery. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Alan, you were born in Miami, um, and your journey into craft beer started in the earlier days um, when you became super fascinated with gaining more knowledge of beer fermentation. And this actually started before you became uh, having the legal age to actually drink. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Around 18 years old. So it started with uh, with undergrad. I went to school down here uh, and uh, started started studying microbiology with the idea of going towards uh, you know, a different career path, veterinary medicine. Uh, but yeah, during my microbiology class, it was the inception of the metabolic life cycle of yeast that I found just so ridiculously complex and fascinating all at the same time. So using a microorganism uh, to create alcohol was just seemed I don't know, alien life. Like we're looking towards Mars to see for inspiration, but we have aliens in our in our backyard. Uh, so it just seems so so crazy to me and so interesting. So that was very much the spark of it. The the complexity of it was really what sparked my interest. And then the product afterwards is obviously beer. There's all it's obviously a charming product. I love beer. Uh, and the layers of styles and flavors and everything else that you could do with that, especially during a time back in 2004, 2005, where there was such a void. Uh, in in craft beer it was a lot more of the commoditized you know unremarkable stuff even though sierra nevada was there 
uh, here, and uh, there was still, you know, a lot of that. Just again, unremarkable. The stuff that you chug at tailgates, uh, type of beer. Uh, so there's a time, there's a time and place for that beer. I'm not, I'm not throwing it away. But uh, it's just, it wasn't the fun, creative stuff that that we're now accustomed to as craft beer. So that the inception was very much an undergrad where uh, I wasn't able to drink. And then actually, my senior thesis was on anaerobic respiration, uh, where I used uh, E. coli positive pond water to show that the beer making process does exactly, essentially sterilize. Uh, or make it aseptic, um, the, the, the product, right? So you could drink it. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So how did how did you guys all get together? Um, you and the two other founders get together to start the brewery? Uh, the other one uh, is my brother. Uh, so I've known him for about 34 years. Yeah. Um, so he's he's an attorney. He's, he, he's the knower of all things contracts and business structure and licensing and build out and all the really terrible stuff that people don't really account for uh, when like dreaming of owning a business or in a brewery in this case. Uh, that's, those are things that he's very, very good at. Land use contracts, uh, government relations, permitting, licensing, all, all that stuff, uh, um, which is amazing. Uh, he's the kind of guy that could drink yingling all day and like, you know, he likes bourbon as well, so that helps. Um, so he's not quite a beer guy. He became a beer guy through us. And then our head brewer uh, is Eric Durr. Uh, he and I actually, we played Little League Baseball together. His dad was our T-ball coach um, here in Miami Springs, like just about two miles north of here. So it was, uh, yeah, childhood friends. And then eventually we crossed paths again. He was going away to brewing school uh, in, uh, in North Carolina. And I'm like, okay, I've been really wanting to plan this brewery for like forever we're obviously missing this the talent right to actually to make the vision um so that was that was a kind of like serendipitous so as soon as he got back we just started cranking out and as we were able to raise all the capital we needed through friends and family it took about nine years or so to raise all the initial capital um because it's with any startup it's there's a lot of passion behind it but if you don't have capital to make the passion reality it's pretty challenging and that's where we were, right? We had this desire, we had this need. Uh, we just didn't quite have the money. So with finding investors, losing them, having landlord, landlord dying, it was a series of wow. or two, two steps forward, three steps back type of thing. But then eventually um, persistence and tenacity is key, I think. Uh, if you screw up enough, all you gotta do is get it right once. Um, so yeah. um, that's, that, that's our story, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So what is your exact role I'm co-founder and president, uh, so I, I handle I handle all things about you know brand building, growth, uh, overall management of the whole entity, uh, both for uh, on dining experience, uh, manufacturing and distribution. So image and likeness, um, uh, collaborations, building strategy, and all that kind of stuff. See you later, buds. Uh, and so yeah, it's a. Uh, it's, it's everything. It's a culmination of all the things that I've just been really obsessed with and passionate. I'm able to use this as a vehicle uh, to execute. And I think with um, design uh, and packaging and all that, uh, it's just a lot of influence of things that I value tremendously, uh, which I value Miami quite a bit. Nice. Which leads into today's topic. What is the thought process that goes into designing the artwork for your bottles and your cans? Um, so, you know, for me, a lot of people say don't judge a book by its cover. And I truly believe that's wrong, especially with a lot of consumers now. I mean, I'm guilty for that, too. You know, you walk down an aisle wherever you're getting, you know, your beer at, not even if you're shopping for beer and something just pops at you, you know. And um, I can say that's true because I've tried and love the labeling of your Saki-san 
uh, rice lager in the can of it. And that's amazing. It looks awesome. The colors design, um, and it's actually super refreshing and taste as good as the label looks. So I want to say well done to you guys. Oh, um, good. Thank you. so yeah, let's get into that because you know, that theory that people say that, uh, you know, you see if your bottle is not labeled correctly, um, it's going to get passed because on the shelf stores, there's millions of bottles. People get distracted. Um, and I think that having a, a can that's, or a bottle that's super unique and it looks out and stands out is definitely going to grab the eyes of our consumers. Yeah, I, I think so. So I got, let's, let's, I could start out by saying that labeling isn't everything. Um, I, some of the world's best bourbon wine I've had are very discreetly labeled, right? Um, so they, the product speaks for itself, but, uh, it's big, it's big, but in there, um, there is an opportunity to stand yourself out, build a message, build your image using this graphical interpretation of, of a beer label. Right. And we get to have fun with it. Um, so for us being that you mentioned grocery stores, we're not really competing in grocery stores. We're not in grocery stores. So we don't have that level of, you need to stand out on the shelf. Um, but that's not to say you can't or shouldn't stand out because you're not in grocery stores. So for us, it's still, it's still very, very important. So, uh, so a big influence of, for, for me and at least for the brewery is there's an industrial designer named Raymond Lowry. Uh, he designed for Studebaker. He was uh, an industrial designer, so trains, planes, automobiles, uh, and uh, also a graphic designer. He would design just a bunch of different logos. He designed toasters. All this was like during the streamlined modern movement, 40s, 50s. Uh, if you will. So this guy, just a ton of influence in industrial design where Art Deco, Art Deco is more of like that artistic medium, uh, industrial, like a streamlined modern is the application of that into buildings, cars, those wavy vehicles, um, kind of like our, our logo back there. Um, so it's very much hearkening to um, Art Deco, but the industrial application of it, right? So it was challenging to put that application into an art medium because it technically, it's just, it's not, it's never really been done. So it was a little challenging to find the exact words because I'm, by, I'm not an artist by any means. Uh, so it was hard to convey the right words to our very talented uh, designer, his name's Jack, uh, to help us curate this particular voice and style that, 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 um, mirrored us so for me it was very important to do that um, another influence source was not the iphone but the iphone box right when you get your iphone it's in this pristine little white almost like religious experience opening it up and then it's just so amazing so much so that i'm pretty sure i have all of my boxes still of all the iphones i've had um so exactly so you almost feel guilty throwing it's just a white box but it's executed so like finessefully, it seals perfectly, the air escaping it and all that. So um, even though it's white, the message of thoughtfulness and design and it, just, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. So um, packaging is important, maybe not the bright colors, but the execution is very, is very important. And that's where, and that's something that we try to have, have a foot in both where industrial design, our particular voice and art style is important, but at the same time, simplicity, uh, harken that as much as we can, right? So we men you mentioned Saki-san. Uh, we try to all also keep a foot in Miami, but seeking influence in all the things that we like, right? So we're obviously inspired by Japanese-style uh, rice lagers. It's we smashed our logo, uh, I'm sorry, our branding with Miami meets Japan, right? So if our beach line had ja Japanese influence, um, so that's that's where that style came out of, and I think it came out extraordinary. So it's a rice lager that we dry hopped with lemon drop hops, mm -hmm. uh, and man, it's so crushable. Uh, yeah, I have a keg of it at my house, and yeah, I, I drink it too often. So when 
into that one. So what was the thought process that went into um, creating that? Was it like, um, we, I know you said you took the Japanese style Meet Miami, um, but how were you able to articulate? Because I see that the problem that a lot of you know, owners might have might be, I have this image and sometimes you can have the most talented designer, but you're not able to articulate um, the design that's in your head. So how do you work through that process? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So at least for, in my prior life, I worked in, as a microbiologist, I worked in uh, diagnostics and biotech, right? So creating diagnostic protocols. So in order to do that, we had to define all these requirements, processes, painfully thorough, painfully thorough in extreme detail, like even on a molecular level, right? So not that you need to be painfully detailed there, but it was an exercise I took from my prior job experience. Uh, I also got storyboards. A friend of mine, he's actually um awesome advertising guy he works for nintendo right now um he he turned me on to storyboarding uh so you just get a, a ton of different uh pictures or mood boarding i should say a ton of different pictures influences like find whatever colors shapes anything you like gather them as much as you can and then lean them out and then try to build like a vision of like a visual display of mm -hmm. what you kind of like and then have text to then support it and then having powwows, like verbal uh, conversations, like walking through it to having just, you know, 30 minute conversation about this is where my mind is at. And then that seems to work really well with design. It also helps having a very, very good designer. Uh, Jack also, he's a proprietor of the uh, Miami Supply Company. Uh, he does all kinds of awesome graphic arts and uh, very Miami grounded. So we wanted to be from Miami, but I didn't want to beat you over the head uh, type of Miami, you know? Um, because again, I'm Miami born and bred, uh, but I don't live on the beach, right? So the visuals that people have of Miami, it's like not everybody from New York lives on Fifth Ave, right? Uh, so it's it's that kind of idea that we we try to convey in in our artwork and in our in our branding. Uh, so pretty much being thorough with your details, making sure you communicate it well, and also asking the designer, asking whoever, like, do you do you understand what I mean? It's like should I articulate it differently? Uh, just making sure that they understand. There's nothing wrong with that. Even like in a relationship with your wife, just say, are, are, we, are we clear? Are we on the same page? It's okay to ask that. Uh, and then having the visuals to support it. So man, Pinterest, uh, Google images, there are historical documents, historical information. There's a local museum here on Streamline Modern uh, and pop uh, and pop in Art Deco style, which I referenced quite a bit. Uh, industrial design, old, old car shapes and designs. Uh, our streamlined modern, um, excuse me, our streamlined logger is going to be coming out soon, and that's going to be heavy influence from like the actually the Lincoln Zephyr style car. Our our emblem would actually be like a little hood ornament. So there's there's a lot of influence on all around you. So the more open you are, the more eyes you have, the more it's like in the back of your brain. Um, uh, it's a lot easier to gather influence when you just think about it all the time. So how much time do you personally take um, for a new? Um for a new design that you're doing for a new type of beer? Uh, I guess it depends. So some of them designer. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I do have to, our, our designer does, he's very thorough as well. So once he has the requirements, he does, he does, he executes, executes it well. And then he's like, actually here, here's a little tweak. I didn't quite like the shading on this whole thing. So that's his level of discipline. I guess that varies per person. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, some of them come easy. Um, for we made a guava uh, guava pastry beer, right? Uh, and so down here, it's a Cuban staple. It's a triangular pastry that's stuffed full of like a 
like a puree of, of guava, right? So we made a beer version of that. For that one, the inception was, was pretty much easy. So I wanted a 57 Bel Air in a teal blue color with an oversized pastry that looked like a mattress on the hood of their car and somebody holding onto on the, on the, on the roof of their car. So that one, it's, as outlandish as it sounded, it's, it was pretty linear and pretty easy to cure it. Uh, meanwhile, some of them uh, do require a little bit more thought, a little bit more creativity. Sometimes we don't have a name, sometimes we do. Um, so uh, yeah, it kind of kind of all depends. Um, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it just takes a little more due diligence. Uh, perfect, perfect. So before we wrap this up, um, if you were giving somebody the first step, um, hey, you're a brand new home brewer, you're coming out your labels or you just opened up your, your you know, your, your, your brewery or you're in a concept of creating up your, you know, your flagship style um, art design for your, your, your beer, like what would you suggest the first, I know you said a lot of different um, things that people should do, but what do you think you should first do when planning out the design for your bottle or the thought process behind your bottle or label for your bottle? Uh, sure. I, th I think it's important to first have uh, like, like your mission statement. Like what are you trying to do here? Besides making beer, what is it that you're trying to accomplish here? Uh, where are you located? Uh, and do you have a particular uh, art style or lack thereof? Are you just the name of a person? Are you an idea? Are you an arbitrary phrase? Like, so all that needs to be defined pretty well to at least like focus a little bit. Um, because my fear is always, uh, there's so much influence, right? Uh, that, that we, that I look at and I say, okay, I really love that. I like that style. Do you like weighted design? Do you like sur surrealism? Do you like realism? Do you like pop? So there's it's such a wide gamut. Do you want to be all over the place? Is that your stick? Uh, there's an art, there's a brewery up in uh, uh, Collective Arts uh, up, up in Canada that their stick is every every packaging of theirs has a different artist. So the styles are you put the cans in a row, you wouldn't know they're all from the same brewery. So that's their stick, which works well. Uh, but for us, it's uh, it, I, I want a little bit more continuity rec recognizability. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong way of doing it. For us, what works well is this is who we are. This is our voice. This is, we're trying to accomplish like a homegrown locally made Miami boys want to do Miami beer. Um, and we, we love our backyard. So we celebrate all that. And we also poke fun at the things that we don't particularly like either. So we don't, we're not too intense or so. Um, but also there is influence on particular art styles, movement, industrial design, uh, artists that we admire, cars that we admire. Uh, so, uh, I think having more understanding of what your brand is or what it wants to be when it grows up. Uh, um, I think that's very, very helpful. Okay, great. And like he said, first step is kind of understanding who you are, your why, and it'll really help isolate or at least guide you down the path of how you want to start. There's no wrong answer of, you know, going through a, you know, different art design for every product that you're releasing or stick with something that's going to symbolize your brand. Um, so that was a great thing. I appreciate it. Um, and if you guys are interested in visiting, uh, Beat Culture is located at 725 Northwest 11th Street in Miami. Um, their website is beatculture.com. You can find them also on Facebook and Instagram at beatcultureco and on Untapped at Beat Culture Brewery. So thank you everyone for tuning in to the second episode of The Craft Life. And today we discussed the thought process behind designing the artwork for your products. We hope that you've got a little few nuggets to help you on the way. And this is also applicable to anybody who's starting any type of businesses where you are designing any type of artwork that's going to be representing your 
uh, your business. So thank you very much and hope you guys enjoyed the episode.